You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Our podcast team is taking a bit of a break this week for the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday. But not to worry, we've got brand new extended interviews with interesting people lined up for you. And you can still get your daily dose of cybersecurity news on our website, thecyberwire.com, where you can subscribe to our daily news brief and stay up on the latest. Stay with us. My guest today is Jocelyn Aqua. She's a principal at PwC, where her specialty is regulatory privacy and cybersecurity. Our conversation centers on a recently published report from PwC called Protect Me, what they describe as an in-depth look at what consumers want, what worries them, and what companies can do to earn their trust and their business. You know, we have a very large privacy and cybersecurity team, and they're focused on helping companies globally trying to navigate the privacy and cybersecurity laws globally. We have had a lot of discussions with um, consumers in the private sector and companies trying to figure out why there's this feeling of distrust and why they're getting a lot more questions and requests for data and trying to figure out what's behind that. But you can tell that there are a lot of individuals based on the survey that are not happy right now with the level of protection their data is receiving. Yeah, take us through that. What are some of the uh, key findings that you have here? Well, I think the the one is, the big one, the takeaway is that only 25% of consumers feel like companies handle their personal information responsibly. That's a That means 75% of people are very concerned and are feeling like their data is, is vulnerable to hacks, that their sensitive data is not taken responsibly and used responsibly, that um, 88% said that that company's willingness to share information is predicated on trusting the company. And so therefore, if there's a lack of trust, that there really is an, a disinterest in or lack of interest in um, having data being used by companies for reasons that are other than what they gave it to them for. And is there any sense of what consumers want? How, how can we make this better from their point of view? Sure. Well, I think first that having um, a plan to take action when there is cyber threat is very important, that consumers are expecting companies to take strong cybersecurity measures and that it's the responsibility of, of that company and not the government to really protect the data, that companies are really are, have to step up a little bit more and be demonstrating that they are trustworthy data stewards, that they have strong cybersecurity programs in place, that if there is a hack, that there's something that can be done to, to either show that they're making amends and that there's more transparency in how data is being used and shared and retained. And I think that all has to do with increasing trust through transparency and communication. It was interesting to me looking through some of the results that uh, 82% said that government should regulate companies' use of data and 80% said that government regulation of new technologies is crucial for consumer protection. So it fe- it seems to me like, um, in this department anyway, people perhaps want more regulation? 
Well, I think part of it is just emerging technology is is very new and unknown, and the the use of AI, the use of um, interconnected devices, ca- has caused a lot of insecurity. Um, they people see them as vulnerable and open to either data breaches or open to being used for purposes that are unknown or or perhaps could be used for more invasive consideration of people's information, and so. When that tied into the fact that there's so many daily hacks, um, thinking that if the government could do more regulation in this regard, that it, that data would be more protected. Now, at the same time, I think that there is also not necessarily a belief that government is going to be able to regulate right now, especially in the cyber context. And so their consumers are also saying that companies, in the while there are gaps, need to step up. And so I think it's the twofold, needing, expecting, wanting the government to help regulate and make data more protected, but at the same time, realizing that companies need to take control of themselves. I wonder, do you think this is a situation where companies could actually use security and privacy as a differentiating factor? I'm thinking of of how, you know, some car brands would use safety as something that they would advertise, you know, like Volvo would say, "Our, our cars are safe. Yes, certainly. I mean, we are working with companies that are taking, especially in terms of using um, the requirements of the EU General Data Protection Regulation, which many multinational companies are having to consider now, which has caused them to have to rethink how they're treating data, um, what they're doing um, with their data in their systems, how they're using it. And it's been sort of a foundational change in many U.S. and and multinationals to reconsider data protection and data security, this has been a trigger to really start thinking about data as both an opportunity to make money for a company, but also use the time and the opportunity as they're starting to secure their systems and build privacy in as a way to differentiate themselves, to say that I really take privacy seriously. I want my employees to know that. I want my consumers to know that. I'm giving them more choices in how I, they, I use their data. I'm protecting it in a way that's clear and transparent. It's been a trigger for many companies to start thinking. I think that coupled with the constant data breaches, I think that together is making companies start to really rethink both security and privacy as being really one of the top issues for for companies today, especially ones that want to retain their customers and their consumers, and they want to be able to um, personalize service and have um, the ability to use data to be- to benefit their industry. Yeah, I wonder too, with cybersecurity being something that I think for many consumers is mysterious, is there a need for a third party testing organization? You know, again, similar to the way that cars are tested for safety by a third party and they get rated. You know, if a company tells me that they're handling my data in a secure way and, and I say to, to them, prove it, um, that proof will probably come back to me in a way that it's over my head. Well, you know, I, I think many companies do use outside sources to test their systems to make sure both on a cybersecurity assessments and privacy assessments to see if the pro- if the policies and procedures and practices of a company are actually being I- enforced mm. to see whether that the security of a of a company is really actually what what it says on paper. I think it's inse- essential to have inside audit, out external audit, some some certification process. You know, interestingly, the GDPR 
does not yet have a certification, but it does require companies to regularly audit and test and make sure that what is coming in from the top is actually happening throughout it, the entirety of an enterprise. Now, one of the things that the survey looked at was the types of businesses that consumers trust most. Can you take us through who gets the highest rankings and who needs to uh, up their game? Yeah, you know, it was a little bit surprising to me. Banks and, and hospitals seem to garner the most trust. I think both of them have some significant regulations, so mm-hmm. that might be one of the factors in why if you, you think of your financial institutions as, as being highly regulated, so they ha- seem to have more trust. The health industry as well. I, you know, We were talking internally about this, and I think part of it has to do with your relationship with your bank and your, and your hospital and your, your health care providers, where there is more open communication and more personalized communication. I think there's a belief that there's a more of a trust, whereas where there is a lack of an understanding of what what's happening to your data, like in the technology, media, and telecommunications industries. I think there is less control over data use and there's less control over information and and the conversation between you and the providers that I think it it, it breeds fear and and misunderstanding. It also allows for um, more vulnerability. I think people feel like their data is not being protected in the same way. One of the um, interesting uh, elements in this survey was um, looking at different types of technology and consumers with, with emerging technologies. And mm-hmm. um, I, I sort of uh, raised an eyebrow when I saw the, the top um, concern was chips in human skin. <laughs> um, and I, I, I mean, to me, this speaks more than any sort of technological reality is perhaps, uh, perhaps we have a PR and educational problem at hand here. Well, I think those are the types of, of uses that get a lot of press. Right. And it, you know, and, and it really is seen as a, you know, when it's being done now and used, it's used to allow people to have freedom. And it is right now used in some, in, in very early testing stages, but in certain very small percentage of companies. But it is, it, it's something where it, it brings up the whole issue of tracking and what is acceptable to humans. And at what stage does tracking an individual become really a threat to their privacy or a choice? If you're, if you have a company and you are monitored and that's part of your company's framework, you lose really your choice. You need to leave and do something else. And there is a growing trend of both for security and for, um, for efficiency tracking um, employees, there's also the way to, to personalize service is to is to really have a better you know understanding of people's activities, and that sometimes is being done now through AI and other and other emerging tech practices. Now that breeds distrust because people are not sure how this is going to work, and so I think one of the big takeaways is that. As we start moving towards these very exciting opportunities to use technology for the better, to improve healthcare, to promote cybersecurity, to increase privacy, the fact that it can be used also to harm privacy and to evade people's personal space, and the fact that there is a real significant lack of regulatory or federal law to prevent some of this, Hmm. that it's incumbent upon companies to be very transparent and to allow for some choices. The the privacy laws are all starting to um, become very, very similar. Um, everybody is is writing their laws 
in a way that are, it, that really tracks more the, the European philosophy of privacy than just the the United States philosophy of, of promoting innovation first. Mm-hmm. And as, as other countries in Asia and South America start to write towards the GDPR, I think there is needs to be some more of a of a consideration of when companies start building these types of of frameworks and rely on such new um, and interesting technology to help personalize service and and help really understand their customers. I think it's incumbent upon them to also make sure that they're open and, and provide clear guidelines as to what they're doing. We'll be back with the second half of my conversation with Jocelyn Aqua after this break. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. Uh, The survey also looked at what companies can do after a data breach to try to earn back trust from the consumers. Um, Take us through what did you learn there? I think a lot of this is to do with communication and trust is won back by communication as to what happened, what you're doing to fix it, what kind of benefits you're going to provide in the meantime to protect the data that has been leaked and to provide some sort of steps that they're going to take to remediate these gaps in their security in the future. I think because of the fact that there are so many, there isn't that high level of fleeing companies because of a data breach as long as these steps are taken. I think what happens afterwards is a breach and public discourse about improper or unexpected data use is where I think brands are, people are finally looking at a, at a company and saying, I don't think that that's where I want my information to stay. And so it's this, it's really this back and forth level of, of open communication and information about why they're taking the steps, this incremental steps to try to prevent this from happening again. If I think about you know, something like a bank, you know, as long as my bank has a, a proper care of my money, my safe deposit box, that sort of thing, you know, I walk in that bank and I see there's the vault, and that's where all of the you know things are stored safely. If someone robs my local bank, I, I tend to not blame the bank. I'm going to tend to blame the bank robber. And I, I, I feel like we're not quite there yet with consumers feeling like perhaps organizations have have that vault. Have They've done everything they can where it's really, you know, it's the robber's responsibility and not the bank's. 
Right. I, I think that's because uh, as a whole, companies haven't been as clear as what the, that they're meeting the highest levels of security standards. What you find out afterwards in some of these breaches is that easy fixes, easy resolution could have prevented many of them, that some of them are just human error and there's not enough training. Some of them are, are because patches were not patched. And th- that's frustrating to consumers that more could have been done to prevent this. And that if there's a situation where it's a nation state actor, that the system was at, was as secure as possible, you know, in modern times, then I think there's less of a of a threat to the company. I think that unfortunately what's happening is you're seeing that so many of these actions could have been prevented. And, you know, if if a company can't prevent it, that, you know, can't just do the basic standard cybersecurity protocols, then it does really start to erode your trust. So take us through some of the recommendations based on the information you gathered. How can uh, companies do a better job of putting consumers at ease? So I I would say that the first and foremost is putting cybersecurity and and privacy really at the top of your business strategy from top down and and figuring out ways to address it publicly and and, and discuss your efforts in place that you build trust. And this is what I think comes through on the paper is that companies really need to implement robust data governance and give consumers this control over how their information is used. It has to be more than just speaking about it, though. It has to really show in your web pages and in your discussions and your public statements that you are thinking about this and making it a foremost top priority. Um, I think that because of the fact that we don't have existing federal regulations on some of these issues. There's a lot of discussion about, you know, a federal data breach notification law, but it hasn't happened. I think that companies really just need to keep up with innovation and work internally to figure out how they can, whether it's adopting a global framework in a framework such as the European Data Protection Regulation, GDPR, um, or do other efforts internally to earn trust is important. I think monitoring the trust of both employees and consumers. This is focused on consumers, but I think that employees as well, it's required in other countries to treat them the same. And I think being transparent when you're using new, new technology, companies that demonstrate that they use technology responsibly, that when there are these outlier companies that are chipping their employees, you know, that requires additional socialization and, and and I think even greater choice and discussions. But for just your normal company that's using data in ways that are maybe not what the consumer expected when they first filled in an email request on the website, being more transparent, I think, is important. Our thanks to Jocelyn Aqua for joining us. You can read the full report, Protect Me, on the PwC website. It's part of their Consumer Intelligence Series. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber.
And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K CyberWire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey and share your feedback now. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the dark net, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Cyberwire. 